Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. Good to be with you today. We have come to our last episode in our Christmas special series. Uh, Christmas is just a few days away, and families will be gathering if they have not already. Um, And so we know this time of year is that time where people uh, gather and spend time together and hopefully reflect upon the things of Christ and His birth and implications, which is really what we've tried to do through this series, this special that we like to do every Christmas month. Um, well, we certainly want to remind ourselves and yeah, absolutely. hopefully others. And as we said before, it is good that, that we, we remind, remind ourselves, ourselves of this. this yes. yeah. um, but before I go any further, I just want to pause and let our listeners know this is our last episode for the year and for the Crosstalk season this year. And we do it on a annual series. So basically from January the 1st, technically till the end of December of that year. That's our season. Uh, some some podcasters do it differently. That's how we do it. Um, but we will be taking a break until next year, um, and we will resume our new season on January the 19th, so just want to let our, let our listeners know that's when we will resume. But if you've missed episodes, it would be a great time to go back and listen and catch up. Um, but we have enjoyed learning and growing together, even if it's through the airwaves. Um, and so just thank you for listening. It's been a good year. Um, I feel like we've learned a lot and we've covered a lot of issues that have been very vital for the Christian faith and for passing that on to the next generation, as we often say. Um, so just thank you, and we look forward to joining you uh, next season on and January the 19th. The Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but today we're going to finish our series on this Christmas special, uh, on what Christmas teaches us. Um, and uh, what we're going to say is it teaches us about eschatology. Now, if you've been brave enough to listen to this episode, if you saw the title it said eschatology, then please stick with us because... I think you're going to find this very encouraging, and I think you'll find this very um, informative and encouraging when it comes to what Christmas teaches us about eschatology. And you've got something to say. I can see I'm it. I'm just saying – well, I, we'll, we'll no, talk about we'll it. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. So now that lends itself to the question very simply, how does Christmas teach us – or what does Christmas and how does Christmas teach us about eschatology? Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to begin by asking you, what do you think of when you think of eschatology? Yeah, no, I, and we talked about that before Slash we came on. prophecy. Right, I mean, that, that comes to mind. Um, I, I think about the end times and the, the, the return of Christ, uh, his, his second, second advent. Second yeah. coming, yeah. Um, and uh, one of our elders preached on that aspect of his second advent uh, right. just a few weeks back, which I thought was encouraging and kind of almost – again, leads right into what we're talking about. Right. And so we've been able to meditate on these things. But I, I, when I think of apocalypse, that's when I think of like crazy things, preposterous things happening and right. fantastical, fantastical stuff, things happening. Yeah. But when I hear eschatology, that's not what I associate it with, although I think people can yeah. do that. Yeah, we usually think of the book of Revelation and yes. its apocalyptic uh, literature and overtures and how some interpret those things to be coming right off the pages of the newspaper and even of the fictitious uh, series left behind. Right. Those kinds of things yep. come to mind. Uh, or we, to, we just go, I don't even want to talk about that. 
Yeah, because people like to argue about that kind of stuff. Because I did ask you, do you really want to use that word for our title? Because it might throw some people off. I do because I want to clarify eschatology, I hope. Right. That eschatology is not only about prophecy in the sense that Christ is coming again and all these events we can read and read into and even know close to when it might be and those kinds of things, the Antichrist, those things. The Antichrist is certainly a a biblical figure. Eschatology actually begins in Genesis. Hmm. It is biblical theology. And runs through the entire scriptures. Yes. Yes. And so so it's not at all unusual that we would see in the Nativity, in the Christmas story, uh, the, some of the concepts that are important to understand regarding eschatology. I, again, when we do this, we don't have time to right. develop this. You could do a book on this if you had time to study it up. But this is to get some thoughts going for people as they walk through the Christmas holidays. Okay, so again, we're asking the question, how does Christmas teach us about eschatology? And the first thing that we want to talk about is what it says about the purpose of God. Correct. Which we kind of touched a little bit upon the week before when we said providence. But there's more to it. Yes. The um, God's purpose is, is carried out eschatologically. I'm sorry to use such a big word, but it, by pointing towards something, by, pardon me, by moving in a certain direction, there's, there's a place right. that things are going. There's a, a direction things are going and a, a certain end. And there's the word eschatos, end, um, the the whole idea of something being completed, brought to completion. And uh, God's purpose in this is seen in the Christmas story in one sense because God's purpose is the revelation of himself. Mm-hmm. So God's – what we see as history and biblical history and – what we would call secular history is God at work revealing Himself. The meta narrative. It is the, that the is grand the, the story grand that's story being told. Yeah, absolutely. Of of God, and it certainly reaches a meta a, is just a, not Facebook, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right. it reaches its pinnacle in the incarnation. Right. And um, in, in Luke chapter two, and we see the shepherds visited by an angel. Right. We see um, them believing that God, through a messenger, has told them something. They go to tell others about this something. They go to see this something, which is a revelation of God. What we're seeing is God has revealed himself. Well, it's interesting. Hebrews 1 says, God, who in different times, various manners, uh, in time past, revealed himself to the fathers by the prophets, has in his last days spoken. In a son, this this is the grand pinnacle of God's revelation of Himself. That uh, when when Matthew uh, in chapter one quotes the Old Testament prophet, uh, and uh, and he should be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Mm. So. So God's purpose is to reveal Himself, and He reveals Himself in the person of Christ. And uh, but then that purpose in revealing Himself, He is to glorify Himself. He 
He wants glory because he alone deserves glory. And he glorifies himself not only in revealing himself, which he does both generally in nature and conscience and specifically in Scripture, but in the redemption of his people. First, the revelation of himself, and second, in the redemption of his people. You know, it's interesting you bring that out because we've been mentioning this throughout the Christmas special that, you know, Christmas is not just that sweet little story of baby Jesus in a manger or that manger that, or that activity that sits on your mantle or wherever it sits. It's so much more than that. And so that's what we've tried to do is dig below the surface and, and discover that. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Ultimately, the coming of Christ when he was a child was for the purpose of redemption. Exactly. So, this, and, and we can, we cannot get past that. We have to see that in order to fully comprehend and understand the nativity story. Well, we we see something in the angel and the visit that's made to Elizabeth, and talking about the prophecy of John the Baptist in chapter one of Luke, and you shall. And your child, and you child, speaking to John right. the Baptist, shall be called prophet of the highest. For you shall go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Now, this is John the Baptist preparing the way of the Lord. Right. So, so this purpose of God reaches its zenith in the person of Christ, and we see that in Christmas. I mean, Christmas mm. is certainly beautiful that this baby is God, but this baby is not just God. He's the deliverer. He's the one mm. who will save his people from their sins. Absolutely. So we, we see this in the purpose of God. But it looks like we also can say that we see this in the plan of God, um, because we talked about the unfolding plan of God and God's providence, but now we see the plan. We know the plan, or we should know the plan. <laughs> exactly, and actually touched on that already, but the plan, God's plan in revealing himself was to, as we said, redeem a people. But that plan worked out in history up to the point of the, the birth, life, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Uh, throughout Scripture, there's the promise of a Savior, and in Matthew chapter 1, uh, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, of the Lord, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. This is something that, that a Savior uh, was coming. There were mixed ideas about what that would mean. Many of them believed that would be a political Savior. It would be a, right. someone who would establish Israel as a the reigning kingdom again. As it turned out, that was not what the plan was. The plan never was, contrary to some theology that say, right. what, well, since the Jews rejected Jesus, God had to resort to plan B. But there never was the <laughs> so plan much for, providence. for Israel to rule again. Right. There would be a new Israel. Right. There would be a new people of God, the, peop the church. Of Jesus Christ, and I almost—I'll just—I'll just say this real quick to kind of add some thoughts devotionally here. I almost feel like, and you can't possibly, if you're reading the Christmas story as a family during the Christmas time, read the entire Bible. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have right, time. You couldn't right. do that. But I do feel like it behooves us to bring in to bear upon that one aspect of the story we're reading, meaning there's so much more to this story. Yes, than you, just from Genesis to Revelation. What's in Bethlehem, or just yeah. What's, yeah. 
the, I almost feel like that Bethlehem is the crux of everything. It's in some ways the hinge point in which you have Christ coming and then we have him come as a little child and then he dies and he will return again and come again and then right. all will be made right. The end will be made and we will have all things made right. So I, I think that gives perspective. And even as we are teaching and talking about this, we need to bring that to bear upon it. Well, and actually, what we kind of hope to achieve here is to see that the Christmas story is not a separate story, but it's part of this grand narrative that we talked right. about, this great story. And so there's this promise throughout the Old Testament of a Savior, one who would bruise the heel, uh, bruise the head of the serpent, and one who would save Israel deliver Israel, but there's then also the provision of a Savior, and this is what we have here. And you shall bring forth a son, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Mm -hmm. So God's plan to his promise to provide a Savior is fulfilled in the birth, the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what we see here is the eschatological this is an eschatological moment. Right. We only think of eschatology as, oh, uh, Jesus is coming, could be now. Um, the Antichrist could show up at any time. Russia is going to attack Israel. <laughs> All these things that are part of uh, a certain system. Right. But no, this is an eschatological moment because it's the sort of the hinge point of 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 eschatological history. And the whole Bible is speaking to this, right. which we will see in just a moment. Okay, so we've got what God says about the purpose of God, or what it says, or what the Christmas story says about the purpose of God, and then the plan of God, which involves the promise of a Savior, the provision of a Savior. But the next thing we're looking at here is this idea of the presence of God. So we're thinking about eschatology in light of the Christmas story, and also we talk about the presence of God what are we talking about here? God never meant for man to live outside the presence of God. Mm. It's interesting that we think of the presence of God as something special in certain moments right. in the Old Testament. Oh, I could just maybe, feel the presence of God today. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. The Legionnaire Ministries likes to talk about living life quorum Deo in, right. before the face of God. Um, Adam and Eve lived in an intimate sense in the garden in the presence of God and fellowship with God in the cool of the day. Um, there are certain prophets and others who had God speak with them, Abraham and others who had God speak with them. But there's something more than this. Th these are all sort of sneak previews of something else, which we get a full picture of in the Incarnation, right. at the Incarnation. So, you know, uh, the Ancient of Days is an hour too old. <laughs> the maker of all things is made of the earth. A man is worshipped by angels, and God comes to birth. So at the incarnation, what we see in Matthew and, and Luke is the fact that God is here. God has shown up. God with us. Geographically, historically, and personally. He's, he, when, when, when Elizabeth and others of the family saw Jesus and held him, they were holding God. Yeah. When, when I think about this, and I think every Christmas special that we do over the last several years, I've come to this point when we're teaching about this, is the fact that God, being man, mm -hmm. cradled, as you said, mm -hmm. in these people's arms. It's, it's mind-blowing. It's in some ways incomprehensible. 
It should be. But yet humbling and so should cause us to rejoice. And thrilling. Yeah. 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 So at the incarnation, we have the presence of God. God, we said his purpose is to reveal himself. And so the ultimate revelation of God is in the person of Jesus Christ. Mm. And in his birth, in his life, in his ministry, people get to see God in flesh, the fullness of God in flesh. We lose that when we study eschatology, I think. I think we can cause ourselves to, to, to move away from the fact that the study of eschatology should ultimately lead us to the idea of who Christ is. To us. Which is what the book of Revelation is about. It's exactly. A, it's an unveiling of Christ But himself. I think we lose that. Yeah. Then, then we, see, we see the presence of God at the incarnation. But we, this is, again, just a, a, a foretaste. You mean the nativity story or yeah. the Christmas story this is a foretaste. This incarnation okay, is yeah. a foretaste of something yet to come. What we would call the consummation, the last day. I like that. What I call the last day motif. Another brother brought that to my attention. But how judgment mm. and time and life as we know it is consummated in the revelation of Christ completely as the Lord of glory. And that's what's coming. This glorious child, this glorious man, will one day come not to lay his life on the altar, which he has already done once and for all, but come to reveal himself in all his glory to every person. Every eye shall see him and those who pierced him. And uh, and he's coming to consummate history and to usher in eternity. Time will be no longer. There will be, well, there will be no delay of time, but there will not be time in the sense that we know it. There will be eternity. Think about the magnitude of that, that thought, to consummate history. That's a lot right. of, I mean, it's a lot of history. We can only think in terms of time. Right. I mean, when we get through here, we've got stuff to do. We've got to be in certain places. Right. We have a schedule. and But there will come a day when our thoughts, our uh, time <laughs> will be consumed with Christ completely, mm. the presence of God. We will live in the eternal presence of God. It, you know, go back the to the eternal that. now. I think we yeah, said before. Yeah, yeah. as yeah. one preacher said, you know, I go back to that um, passage in Revelation, and a, a professor of mine talking about a preacher he heard describing and talking about Christ coming out of the throne and in the midst of the throne. And out of the midst of the throne came one as a lamb that had been slain. And, of course, that's Christ coming out of the midst of the throne. So the throne is God's throne. And out of the middle of the throne is coming Christ. Now we're at the consummation. You know, we're seeing, seeing Christ enthroned on God's throne. And uh, this particular preacher that my professor was quoting said that he said, when we go to heaven, we will, we will see Christ because he is the fullness of God bodily. And, and I, this is, I know this is repetition, but the woman who came up to that preacher afterwards seemed disappointed, and the fellow asked her, you know, is there a problem? Did you hear something that was troublesome to you? She said, well, I just kind of was always hoping when I went to heaven I'd see God, and you just told me I'd just see Jesus. Man, I was kind of disappointed. And he said, ma'am, when you see Jesus, you will not be disappointed. Mm. Now, this is the consummation that we go toward. Yes, there are, there are other things. I know we're not discussing eschatology in full here. But eschatology, at its basic, at its basic element, 
is the looking forward of creation to the consummation that God will bring forth, the end, the full. When we talk about end in Scripture, the idea of telos, and when Jesus said, uh, it is finished, it is completed, we're, that's what we're thinking about, consummation, completion. All that God did and planned in eternity comes to completion in the person of Christ, and it's like we'll have this great aha moment that we've, we have those now, but the ultimate aha moment mm. is the appearing of and the everlasting joy of Christ. This is what Christmas points us toward. Christmas points us toward that it day. It should. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Because uh, I, I think if you look at the world, you're not going to get that. Even in the good old days, if I can use that phrase, when things were more, quote, Christianized or yes. more moralistic, uh, I, you did not get this in the world. But when you study the scriptures, this is how we should see it. Yeah, and maybe some of our listeners, if they're with their families, get to pray before the meet, whatever, sitting around the tree, they've opened gifts. Just maybe there'll be an opportunity to say, you know, this, this is so good. God is so good to us. Mm-hmm. But it's coming today. When God completes, when brings everything to consummation, he brings all that he has planned and purposed, the revelation of himself, the redemption of his people, mm. to one great climactic eternal moment. <laughs> that's that's ironic, eternal moment, when we see Jesus and we live in his presence forever. That's something to remind ourselves of. No, absolutely. Well, this has been good. I've enjoyed this series. I know when you and I begin to talk about it, you know, obviously it took time to, to develop it, but it's been good. It's been good for me, and I know it's been good for you. And, and to be able to just scratch these things, as a friend of mine likes to say. It's kind of made me um, hungry for more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you feel like we could do several more episodes on this. Um, and who's to say you can't talk about Christmas even past Christmas? Right, right. <laughs> but I do think it helps us as we focus upon this to meditate upon these things. Um, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, I encourage you to do so because we've really, in some ways, I don't know we planned it this way, but we kind of led up to this. Right episode, yeah. Um, just in what we talked about, um, and so I'd encourage people to go back and listen. Uh, we talked about the Trinity, and uh, you might have to help me out here. We talked about Christology, mm-hmm. providence, yes. and now we're yes. talking about eschatology. So I think we've led up very well to where we're at. Yeah. Um, and, and so we hope our listeners will have, uh, and to some degree, perhaps a merrier Christmas because yes. of what they've heard. Absolutely, and and I'll just end it this way: We are grateful for you, and we pray that God will bless you this holiday season with a greater understanding of who he is. Yeah. That's our prayer. And so we say a Merry Christmas, and because we will not talk to you before the new year, we say a Happy New Year. Yes, amen. And Lord willing, we will talk to you again over the airwaves on January the 19th. we'll look forward to that. Absolutely. Have a Happy New Year and have a Merry Christmas. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond.